Hello, interview listeners, your host Jill here with a quick reminder. This podcast is intended for spiritual, intuitive, and artistic conversations and should not be substituted for appropriate medical or mental health care. This applies to all guests and co-hosts. The topics discussed on this show span intuitive awareness for both people and animals, as well as creative, holistic, and spiritual information for personal development. I'm not a healthcare professional, nor do I give medical, psychological, or veterinary advice. Please seek the appropriate care if you need to. Thank you. Now, on to the show. Hello, inner you. Can you hear spirit calling? I'm Jill, and this is my intuitively guided podcast, where all things spiritual, creatively mix and mingle. As an artistic mystic, we'll talk about everything from art to angels, Reiki to writing, and the psychic nudges only our soul knows. Thanks so much for joining me for another inspired conversation. you could join me for another episode of Hello Interview. Today's going to be a fun show and fits in so perfectly with this podcast being artistically intuitive because I have with me the owner of Maximala's Peacefully Untamed Crystal Healing and Aromatherapy Jewelry, Jessica Hoke. Jessica's been a yoga teacher for 13 years and has a degree in apparel design, so her love of spirituality and art fit together perfectly to have created this one-of-a-kind business. What originally started out as gifts for her family and friends blossomed into a collection of meaningful jewelry for anyone who wants what they wear to be intentional and a reflection of their journey. I cannot wait to hear more. This is so up my alley. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. This sounds like such a unique jewelry business. I want to hear more about your pieces, how you got started, kind of just the little nutshell of anything you want to share. Yeah, definitely. So Maximala's, as you said, is crystal energy and aromatherapy jewelry. Every single piece is a wearable affirmation of the energy that we have within. And each intention is created by combining certain stones and crystals to support the energies of that intention. And so when I first started Maximala's, like you had said in the intro, is that it did start as gifts for friends and family. The very first mala that I made was a gift for somebody actually who was grieving a loss and I wasn't sure how to support her from a distance. And so I created something for her and then started making them. And then people started asking about them and asking if they could get a piece. And I thought, oh, maybe we start doing this. So it kind of naturally evolved from where I was. Yeah, it sounds like it. reading your information on your website, which we will share in the show notes with everyone. It so touched me because when we wear crystal jewelry, I'm always seeking out new pieces for myself. I'm not sure sometimes what I should be picking. I kind of go with my gut and I know that's a really great thing to do. But then it's funny because when I get home and I look in my crystal book, what each crystal means, it made total sense as to why I was gravitating towards that. So it sounds like you take a lot of that guesswork 
out of the process. <laughs> Before we dive into that, though, I wanted to ask, the name of your business is so unique and fun. And is it a reflection of your personality and then the yoga part of your experience? Yeah. So the yoga part of my experience, we'll start with that part really quick. So I was a yoga teacher. I still am a yoga teacher, mostly for retreats and special events. But when I was teaching in studio, I was noticing that there were people that would not come to their mat. And because of a whole multitude of reasons, right? We all have our reasons why we avoid things. And I thought, how do we get this message of healing, self-reflection, transformation, and empowerment to people who don't want to come to the mat? So Maximales was really born as a vehicle for this broader message of healing, transformation, and empowerment. And so that's where that yoga background, and I'm a a little bit of my background, I'm a 500 ERYT instructor. And so I've taught all different styles of yoga. I love my own practice. I love how accessible it is for everyone. And that's exactly what I wanted to bring into my company was something that was accessible for anyone, anywhere where they are on their journey. So just like our mat meets us where we are, I want our, I want Maximalas and our jewelry to meet you where you are. Do you find that when you're doing yoga or spiritual practices like yoga, when you combine wearing crystal jewelry, do you find that that's just a way to amp everything up? Absolutely, because we're really using, so our energy is very light, right? And it follows our mind and does this dance. So our mind follows our energy, our energy follows our mind. And the stones and the crystals are just pure energy. So when we're looking to try to balance ourselves, like we do with our asana practice, the physical practice, moving the energies, the crystals are only going to help to amplify those efforts. And so I really love to incorporate them in my practice. Do you mm -hmm. find that your students of yoga ask you what they can wear to kind of amplify or tamp down whatever they're dealing with in their life? Yeah, absolutely. And I actually, with Maximalas, I take people beyond the bracelet with different retreats and workshops and our Moxie Monthly Bracelet Club. So there are people that are, you know, I am still teaching in just a different modality. Yeah, I would love to hear about that. So the workshops and the things that you bring together with the bracelets, will you explain on your website about how you use lava stones to infuse mm -hmm. the essential oils with? Could you share what that is? Yeah, for the aromatherapy, we use lava stones or a pumice type stone, and they are porous. And so what you can do is put just a drop or two of your favorite essential oil onto that stone, and it will hold the oil and diffuse slowly over a day or two, just depending on the oil that you use. And so it's a really great way to have a personal aromatherapy experience to combine the aromatherapy benefits with the crystal benefits. Do the bracelets have a certain amount of stones on them? that are significant? Is it just what's combined for the stones qualities and then what is attractive, you know, visually and artistically? And what fits too. Mm -hmm. And so I would love for it to have 27 beads or, you know, that kind of a thing. But typically they have 24 of the eight millimeter beads. That makes sense. So thinking about your degree in apparel design, how did that come together with your yoga experience and how that makes a difference in how you design your jewelry or the, the things that you bring to design? I would say, you know, I grew up an artist. I come from a long line of artists, oil painters, all kinds of art. So I've been around color and artistic expression my whole life. And going to school, what that really helped to do with the apparel design aspect of it was to really think about things from an accessible point of view where 
you're looking at like a collection or something that's going to be appealing because I want the message to be broadcast and I want the message to be shared. And in order to do that, if people aren't necessarily looking for the message, but they want this attractive bracelet, then they are introduced to it in that way. So then they find the bracelet and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, this is pretty. I want to wear this. And as you know, they're drawn to it because energetically they're drawn to it and visually it's appealing. But then all of a sudden the tag says worthy and talks about worthiness and starts infusing those kind of energies. So I think with the apparel design aspect of it, it really just helped me to hone more so like the business end of Maximalas. So the symbolism of like the O in Moxie, you talk of the flower of Zinnia and how mm -hmm. you feel like even the name Maximalas just infuses that energy of what you're trying to bring across through your jewelry. Absolutely. I was actually working with a business coach because I had called it something else before I branded it, rebranded to Moxie. And I said to him, I said, I run a word that means perseverance, right? I want a word that is kind of embodies being able to overcome this cleverness, this wittiness, knowing that we have all those tools within us to navigate what's ahead of us. And so I just typed in like perseverance and moxie popped up right in a thesaurus. And I was like, that's it. And he, I mean, within like 30 seconds. And he's like, let's just wait. I'm like, nope, that's it. I totally get the symbolism of all of that. And as I'm listening to you speak, I can hear the yoga teacher in you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How everything has intention. Do you teach classes that are in-house? Do you teach online with yoga? With yoga, it's usually in-house, in-person. I used to have, you know, in my previous life, I had a yoga business where we did online streaming. And this was in maybe like 2009. I had that business and we were starting to upload videos and it was a mobile yoga business too. So I have taught in person and online. You know what I'm finding with all of this together? It's the combination of teaching people the modality, the crystals and aromatherapy and everything. And then it's almost like we're teaching ourselves how to infuse it into our own life. I know you do spiritual fairs. So do you find people coming to your table to talk about how excited they are to do this themselves and what they've learned? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I do live seminars too, where I talk about chakras, our energy and how the stones and crystals can support that and creating intention. And it's interesting too, because it's when people come to the booth, they're drawn to it because they want their energy, their aura wants that crystal support. So like I do a show in Vegas, that's more of a trade show. And so people aren't necessarily there. They are not there looking for spiritual tools, like let's say at a metaphysical fair, wellness fair, yoga conference type of thing. But I had one woman that came into my booth and she was like, I want something for abundance. I just want to attract a lot of money. And I had this intuitive sort of hit where I was like, can I show you a different one that might be something that has to do with it, right? She's like, oh yeah, sure, whatever you think. So I hand her the worthy bracelet and she just starts crying. <laughs> and I'm like, it's okay. I know like this could be what's blocking the abundance. And we want to address those root issues of what is holding us back from our most authentic, abundant, thriving selves. The crystals are going to do the work no matter what, if you're looking for it or not. I got chills when you described that because that's exactly what people look for. It's like they're trying to get to the end game, but they don't right. know how to get there. And then something else is going to get them there. Fixing or mending something within yourself, but then taking the time to figure out how to do it gently. Do you find that working with crystal energy is a process? It's not a quick fix. It's like a process Absolutely. within yourself. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I always say when I'm teaching about crystals that it's very much an intuitive practice as much an intentional practice. So it's this combination of why are you using the crystal energy and what are your intentions behind it? I've had blog posts that I've read where people, you know, because I'm always learning what are people talking about? And they said, oh, you cannot combine these crystals. And it's like, actually, that's not how it works. It's not like the crystal is the end all be all. You have to be actively interacting with these crystals and intentionally interacting with them to really get the full benefit of it. I'm always aware of when there's this stop sign, like if you hear, don't do this, this isn't good to do. I always feel like that's more of a reflection of the person they're working through something like that's your little intuitive moment to say, hmm, what's in myself that maybe I need to move that energy so that maybe I'm not so fearful. What would you suggest for people who want to keep all of their chakras clear? Is quartz crystal a good one, like an all in one? Yeah, um, clear quartz is going to be like a, a universal amplifier of energy. So if there's something that you're looking to amplify or if you're wanting to amplify all of your chakras, that's definitely something that you could work with. Mm -hmm. I would say if you're looking for more balance and like a re-energizing, I really love working with garnet. Garnet is a phenomenal stone that helps to set a really strong foundation within your root chakra and moves up from there, re-energizing all seven chakras mm. or the main, main seven energy centers. Yeah. When you're wearing a bracelet, do you have a certain side that you wear the bracelet on for different things or doesn't that matter? I know yoga has the whole sun side, moon side mm -hmm. philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. And when we're talking about moving energies or Reiki energy, that kind of a thing, our left hand, our left side is our receiving side. So that is that moon energy. And our right side is our giving side. That's that sun side, right? Mm -hmm. The action side. And so if there's something that you're working on where you need support and you need that energy to be flowing into your body, I would wear it on your left wrist. Now, if it's something that you're looking to outwardly project or outwardly express, I would say right hand. That makes total sense. Yeah. Now, in your seminars that you give, do you have an online event list? Yep. So um, maximalas.com, we do have an event tab. There's one that gives like general information about the kind of workshops that I can facilitate. And then also a list of upcoming workshops that are happening. So what I do in my workshops and I introduce what it is to work with stones and crystals. I'd walk people through an exercise to kind of take inventory of where they are right now and where they need support in their lives. And then I talk through the seven chakras. You would be amazed. In my world, I am so surrounded by yogis and people on this path that everyone knows what chakras are. But when you step outside of that, it, it's a whole new thing. So I talk about the chakras. I talk about what stones and crystals support them. I lead people through a little bit of movement and a little bit of an intuitive practice. And then teach how all of this comes together and help people pick their stones to create a custom bracelet. It takes all the guesswork out of how people mm -hmm. have their stacks of crystal books, their stacks of everything, and it gets confusing. To help break down that information, I think is so helpful mm -hmm. for people. Do people actually make bracelets themselves in workshops? Yep. Unless it's in online, I do offer virtual workshops and then I'm the one making them. I send out a Google form, then they fill out the form and then I create something. Do you have intentions that you offer people like the person who is wanting to create abundance? Are there things that you can offer as a yoga instructor to create that affirmation along with the crystals that you're wearing on the bracelet? So that is incorporated into the Moxie Monthly Bracelet Club. 
mm-hmm. because I thought about that. You know, I'm I'm sharing all these bracelets with a lot of people. And how do you take them beyond that bracelet? How do you have them incorporate the energies of that bracelet? In our Moxie Monthly Bracelet Club, each month you get a one-of-a-kind bracelet or a exclusive bracelet, rather, that's just for that month. And then you get a postcard with it that describes all of the energies. And when you flip it over, it has an actual practice that you can do for the month. And sometimes it's a journaling prompt. Sometimes it's go out and do this or see if you can look within this way. Or it just lots of different exercises and practices we can incorporate that go beyond just wearing the bracelet. It feels like as soon as you're wearing a crystal, like I'm wearing a clear quartz, I feel like it helps me to marry my thoughts with my words when I'm doing interviews or when I'm trying to express myself. But when we're talking about affirmations or intentions for those internal things that we don't want to tell people that we're trying to work through, do those affirmations and then the combination of crystals not only move the energy, but will you receive actual intuitive hits from the crystals? You know how people say crystals can actually talk to you? Do you have any info on that? That's when I say it's an intuitive and an intentional practice. Okay, so short answer, yes, (laughs) absolutely. When I teach about crystals, I teach about my relationship with them, what they say to me, what their energies are, how they love to support. And when you're very open to that, you can have this open dialogue. When you're brand new to it, you're like, wow, this is interesting. That's why also I have Moxie as the name. I want it to be playful. Because while we're doing this really deep dive and there's things that we're working on that are going to poke us in the sore spots, I want there to be this playful sort of lighthearted, like you're going to be okay kind of energy to it as well. So when you're working with the crystals and talking about, you know, are they speaking to me? They're going to speak to you and they're going to say what you need to hear. And that's going to be your intuition and your higher self coming in and saying, here's, here's how we're communicating. Yeah, all of it makes sense to me in terms of how you're doing your own meditative practice and how you're incorporating different things and figuring out what your intuition is telling you and maybe where the the source of information is coming from. So people who are really into crystals, I met a woman once at a shop who was so tuned into her crystal, she would take one, put one in her hand, close her eyes and get all of these hits And I was always so fascinated with this woman. It was like she had superpowers with the crystals. And I thought, how can I do that? Can I do that? So when people talk about that and they're drawn to crystals, but they want to be that person to really tune in and get those hits, would you say that's simply your first door into working with the crystals? And the longer you work with the crystals, you will have more come to you? Absolutely. The longer you work with crystals, the more is going to come to you, the more sensitive you will be to their energies as well. Because I have people who are like, oh, look, at I'm holding this really beautiful amethyst geode and I feel nothing. It's a rock, you know, and, and that's OK. When people are talking about working with crystals and that example that you gave is a beautiful example. There's so much more that goes into working with crystals because when we're trying to pick up on other energies and have these intuitive hits, we need to be very clear on what our own energy is. And so that's where our meditation comes in, our practices come in that can help keep us grounded and balanced if we're wanting to go into that deeper level of intuition. And so that happens with crystal energy, or if you pick up on other people's energy, being able to say, this is your energy, this is my energy, this is the crystal's energy, this is what I'm projecting. And an ongoing practice of really being centered and grounded and knowing your truth and your energy. 
The tumbled crystal, is there any difference in terms of tumbled versus not tumbled? Does that make sense? My interpretation with the tumbled versus the raw is that the tumbled is polished because it's been tumbled around, right? It's just been moved around. To me, honestly, when I'm working with them, they're the same kind of energy. If you're wanting to dive a little bit deeper, I would go raw. You have all different kinds of crystals in a row on the bracelet. And you're touching each one. I think of when you do the rosary, you're touching each bead. When you're doing the prayer beads in Buddhism, you're touching each prayer bead. Is there a thing that you can do with your crystal bracelets where you're touching each one? You can. So this dives into a whole other part of things. So maximalas, mala, is a Sanskrit word for garland. And traditionally, the japa mala was used. And so japa is translates to an utterance or a murmuration where you're murmuring your mantra. And traditionally, you're going to want to have the same bead all the way around the mala. So same with your, um, your bracelet. You would want to have the same bead if you're going to be using it in that way. Because each time you touch that bead, you're sending a ripple of energy out. And so you're wanting to use a traditional japa mala where it has the same energy each time you touch the bead to keep that energy cohesive as you're working through your practice. Now with the bracelets, absolutely you can be mindful and have a mindfulness practice where you're touching each bead and you're like, yes, these are the energies I'm connecting with. Creativity. This is the energy confidence. This is the energy finding my voice. And absolutely, you can have a mindfulness practice where you're walking through those different energies of the beads. But as far as like a more traditional aspect of it, you would want to have just one stone all the way around. Yeah, the energies aren't competing with each other, I guess. Especially if you're working with like a specific mantra. Working with crystals, I always feel like when I get really close to my crystals and dedicate some time with them, what seems to really come in beautifully are angelic energies and other spiritual guides that come in. Do you find that it's a way to attract more of that? I would say so, mm -hmm. especially depending on the stones and the crystals that you're using. I'm actually working on a Archangel collection right now. <laughs> Ooh, maybe that was a little hit. That was, yeah, it was like, interesting you should say that. <laughs> I think the angelic energy is so beautiful and so calming. It's like the go-to, more of that higher wisdom energy to kind of calm us all down in this chaotic world. It feels like that's the very natural higher being that's going to be attached to crystals. Now, when you talk about aromatherapy and the essential oils, do you have any suggestions for the oils that you use or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to, I will share about that in one moment. I want to go back to what you said there about the higher power with the crystals. Because mm -hmm. one thing that I want to be very cognizant of and careful of is that all of the teachings originally about chakras and energy and crystals and things like that, when they talk about a higher power, it's actually not ever defined as one specific thing. While the energy of angels coming in is an absolute beautiful interpretation and can be used in your practice or other people's practices, I do want to be cognizant to say that this can really be applied to any belief system, that it doesn't belong to any one particular belief system. And it's an open practice to anyone who wants to work with energies and work with stones and crystals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the, so aromatherapy, yeah. it's really funny, this aromatherapy aspect of the bracelets, because it wasn't why I originally went into business or started making them, but people kept asking, do you have the diffuser ones? And I thought, let's just do it. <laughs> and so now they're diffusers. 
for oils, I would say try to use the highest quality oils that you can, because that's going to be the cleanest, most pure oils. And then also avoid using lemon or myrrh on your bracelet. And the reason for this is because it will eat through the elastic. (laughs) That makes sense. The pure essential oils. Now, when you're talking about putting a little dot of oil on your bracelet, do you have to dilute it with a carrier oil or is that not a thing? No, not really. Because when you're putting it on, you want to take the lava bead, you want to put it over the tip of your bottle where there's that tiny little circle, just flip it once real quick and flip it back over. And that's going to get just enough oil on there for it to soak into the bead. You can let it soak into the bead before you put the bracelet on as well. People have been wearing their bracelets and they'll pour the oil onto the bracelet. And you want to be careful because you could have pure essential oils or a hot oil that's on your skin. So I definitely recommend putting it on your bracelet when you're not wearing it. So do each essential oil workshops adjacent to doing the crystal seminars and workshops? Personally, I do not. I am not a certified aromatherapist. And if I were to be teaching, I would want to know all the things. So I do actually collaborate with a lot of essential oil experts that they teach about that. I have resources and I say, hey, these people are wonderful wells of knowledge for you. (laughs) I know that there are so many books out there and just people sharing verbally what they think about crystals. How can you help people get to the best resource or is there a dictionary, but is that Mm -hmm. enough? Does that really help to explain what it is you might need? I would say it depends on the book. There are really a lot of the books now do have a little section that says like spiritual and metaphysical tendencies or energy is associated historically associated with these stones. Those books are fantastic. If you're looking to have a very factual base, like this is this stone, this is the hardness of it. These are the qualities. This is its crustal structure. Those books are fantastic for that. If you're wanting to know all of those, they also do share that metaphysical, those little notes about what they represent. I would say if you're diving deeper, um, I would definitely use your meditation and your intuition as a practice to really connect with each individual type of stone. On your bracelets that you create, are there little holes that everything kind of weaves through or do you wrap like wire around the crystals and do you have different designs in that way? They're all elastic bracelets actually. Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're eight millimeter round for the most part, Mm -hmm. semi-precious stones and crystals that have a hole drilled through them. Do you stick with a certain size that is is more natural looking or does that have something to do with the essence of the crystal themselves, the size of the bead? I like an eight millimeter round. It's a really clean look and it really showcases the stone. I don't use a lot of faceted for that reason. I've seen a lot of sparkly faceted amethyst or labradorite, things like that. And they're beautiful. I mean, don't get me wrong, but you get kind of caught up in the sparkle and you lose like the essence of what the stone is, is what I'm trying to say. I have seen recently crystals that are shaped like skulls and jewelry Mm -hmm. popping up everywhere of skulls. And I know that there's a Mm -hmm. reference to that. Do you have any insight into that? My interpretation of it is that it's a symbolism of shadow work, right? So as we're diving into the parts of us that we need to release, bless and release, that it's sort of this death and dying of what no longer serves. Another interpretation that I've used it for and a friend of mine that I collaborate with a lot, we've used it for is to represent Kali 
one of the Mahavidyas. And Kali is the remover. She's the destroyer. She's the remover of obstacles. And so, and she wears a garland of skulls. The skull is sort of a representation of the remover of obstacles. Ooh, that's a great description because everyone has their interpretation. I love that because you're going into the depths of your yogic knowledge also on that. You are both certified in two different kinds of yoga. Is that right? I have my 200 RYT and my 500 ERYT. So I've taught over 3000 classes is what that E means. I've taught vinyasa. I've taught gentle yoga, prenatal yoga, all different kinds of styles so to speak, mm-hmm. of yoga or of asana, of movement. Lately, I've done a lot of more incorporating somatic movement as well. Do you pair crystal jewelry in your classes to continue to move the energy like we've been talking about? Do you talk about that right away yeah. in your classes? Yeah, I do. Whenever I'm teaching a class, I just say, we start talking about here's what's coming up. Here's stones and crystals that are going to support this energy. I'll have a bowl at the front that I say, if you want to have one on your mat while you're practicing, you're welcome to have this by you. If you don't want to, you don't have to. It's it's your practice, right? To be whatever you need it to be. And then I will talk on, these are the energies of the stones and the crystals in alignment with how we are going to be moving our bodies and moving the energy to, through, and out of our bodies today. Do you have kind of a direction for people who are still trying to move the energy of coming out of a three-year pandemic, still kind of trying to process it, all of the emotions that went along with that. Would you have any suggestions as to the magic bracelet that could help all of us just (laughs) calm down? Yeah, I would say the Anahata, the heart chakra bracelet. If you're trying to have something that's all-encompassing, let's just steep all of it in love. That's what I would say is work with rose quartz, work with rhodonite. Rhodonite is a stone of forgiveness and self-love. I think what I would say about all of that and all of that energy, and it's a lot, it's big, is, and all of those emotions is to remember that you are not your emotions. Your emotions are going to happen, but they are a guide to say whether you're in alignment or not in alignment. And what we need to do is to make space for these emotions to breathe and to move through us so that they do not get stuck in us. And we don't get stuck in this place of attachment. Wow. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. I'm with you. I would love to take okay. one of your classes. I'm so, <laughs> I, love, I just love your energy. You're so calming. Oh, I can see why you're into the crystals too, because yeah. I feel like everything just softens when we put all of yes. this together. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Could you share with everybody what you have coming up in terms of your events? I know you travel a lot and you do your shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have events coming up like my Moxie Mentor Training Program. We are in our first session one. So our first session ever of it right now, we're about quarter of the way through. I will be having another Moxie Mentor Training Program starting in August. So the next session, and that's where I teach about all of the things to help you find your voice, help you find what is your authentic message? How do you want to share it? And then you can also use Moxie as a partner to move alongside you. And I'm teaching them how to teach the workshops that I teach and then also sell the jewelry alongside those workshops. So that's good. That's a big thing that I have coming up. Now you're out of Minnesota. Yes. I'm in the just north of Minneapolis. Okay. Do you find that the energy of where you live has something to do with the work that you do and kind of share a little bit about that? What, it, what do you get in terms of what inspires you from where you are? 
Well, we have a lot of beautiful nature where we are in the Midwest. I mean, I know we don't have the ocean, but <laughs> the lakes in our, our wilderness are just as beautiful. The North Shore, part of my soul lives in the North Shore. I feel like I just, I love it up there. My inspiration really though, comes from people. My inspiration comes from conversations, synchronicities that I'm seeing, patterns I'm picking up on, and really just hearing and listening to like, what is the overall energy that's happening around me. Yeah. Do you feel the more you work with crystals and of course your yogic practice that you can read energy, pick up energy with people pretty quickly and kind of sense and feel what they might need in terms of not only your bracelets, but maybe any kind of meditative practice that could help them. So as you're working yeah. with people in this way, does that amp up? Oh yeah. Yeah. As long as I'm grounded, <laughs> as long as I'm grounded and have myself calm and collected. Yes, absolutely. Cause I'm human too. I would say, yeah, I've done chakra readings in the past with a pendulum and then I'll do a custom bracelet on the spot. So we'll do a reading and then I'll see what's going on in their energy centers and I'll kind of intuitively pick up on things. They'll share things that they need support with. And then we will pick stones and crystals together and create a bracelet. Oh, wow. That's mm -hmm. awesome. So you offer personal yeah. readings for that as well for people? Yep. I'm going to be offering more of that. And I'm actually also a Reiki practitioner, but it hasn't been in the forefront, but I'm feeling really called to do that. So I'm going to do a little bit more Reiki with the crystals and having a bracelet or a, or a mala that they can take with them. Yeah, that's great. Before we leave today, and I can't ask you any more questions. And I'm like, oh no, I have to ask her more. For the pendulum work that you just quickly mentioned, I had heard that using a pendulum made from a crystal is different than using a pendulum made from a metal. Is that true? It would be because you're incorporating the energy of the crystal. So mm -hmm. if you're using a pendulum to get in touch with some questions that you're trying to get clarity on, would you say working with a pendulum made with a crystal is going to give you, I don't want to say different answers, but because they have their own personality or own energy in and of themselves, does it give you different insight or add to pendulum work? I would definitely say it could add to it. You know, if you think back to when we talked about crystal quartz and clear quartz being an amplifier of energy. So if you're using the clear quartz, that's going to help to amplify whatever it is that you're looking for. I have a moonstone one that I really love. And moonstone is a really fantastic stone for intuition. And so it kind of depends on your relationship with the stone that you're using as well. And to be open with that, right? Because you don't necessarily have to put the connotation that, oh, this pendulum, because it's amethyst, it's just going to share with me the qualities of amethyst. You have to open your mind. Yeah, absolutely. It's and definitely an intuitive practice more so than just like an academic well this means this so this is what i'm getting yeah it's almost like the combination of so many things but so perfectly put together in this very straightforward understandable way could you just share how people can find you best way to get a hold of you absolutely moximalas.com i think it's beautiful work that you're doing thank you so much for being here thanks for having me and it's absolutely my highest blessing to do what i do Thank you to everyone who's rated and reviewed the show. And if you've enjoyed this episode, tell a friend. I really appreciate your support. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, check out hellointerview.com for my spiritual offerings and agiloriginal.com for my art. Remember, new episodes of Hello Interview drop every Wednesday. Until then, take care everyone and let your love light shine.
Bye.